Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I am in Scottsdale, Arizona at the home of Cody Nelson, the optics authority, the optics manager, the glassing guru for <laughs> GoHunt.com. You always laugh when I say that. Yeah, it's, you know, like, it, I don't know. Like, it is I mean, what it just is. Hum- I, I, I mean, it's fun to be called something like that once in a while. <laughs> it's better than what I've been called before. Yeah, the glassing guru, Cody Nelson, my buddy of 20-plus years. Um, we've had some great feedback on the podcast episodes that we've done. Amazing. Um, and so we're going to do some more. We're going to do some question and answer stuff from uh, listeners of the podcast and followers on Instagram. Uh, Cody, we've got the sheep show this week. Um, I know I'm going to be going Friday morning early. I'm going to be at the show all day on Friday. Uh, I'm going to be going to the uh, dinner and banquet on Friday night. Uh, Good friend Jennifer Griego, who I just did a podcast episode with, is going to be receiving an award for her Grand Slam. She's also going to be speaking I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be sitting with my friend Eric Johnson. Awesome story. Yeah. Good family. Can't yeah. wait to see him. Yeah, beautiful girl and great story and yep. just awesome. awesome. Uh, Eric Johnson, my buddy out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm actually nice. going to be sitting at his table. Uh, and then I will be at the Sheep Show all day on Saturday as well. So nice. I want to put it out there to the listeners. Uh, if you're going to be at the Sheep Show, uh, definitely look me up. Send me a message through my Instagram or an email. Uh, or a text. Uh, love to meet you. If you just see me out there, definitely stop and say hi. I'd love to talk to you. Love to chat. Uh, Cody, I know you're going to be at the Sheep Show as well. Uh, you are uh, believe here leave tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, bright and early. And going to be at the show all week. Uh, GoHunt.com is going to have a booth. Uh, the Gear Shop, um, <coughs> you guys are going to have a booth uh, as well as Brady Miller will be there with the GoHunt yep. Insider. Uh, have a booth at the Sheep Show, and I want to encourage the listeners to come by and uh, meet Cody uh, in person. Uh, come shake his hand. Uh, come give him a hard time. And then also, <laughs> coming up uh, the following week, Western uh, Hunter Western Hunting Expo in Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm going to be also flying up there early Friday morning uh, and going to walk around the show all day Friday and all day Saturday. So, again, if you're at the Western Hunting Expo, i uh, love to uh, shake your hand, love to meet you guys, as well as GoHunt.com also has a, a big booth, big booth at the SLC show, and you're going to be there as well. We'll uh, be there Make as sure well. if you're at the SLC show, come by, see Cody, um, shake his hand, introduce yourself, and um, it's going to be great to see all of. The, I love going to that show. Well, it's it's an opportunity for everybody, you know, especially on the go hunt front, for everybody, you know, everybody to meet the team. Um, we pretty much have a whole new booth, you know, kind of design this year. The guys have actually um, Brando and Campos and Porter and the group. They've been working their tails off getting the the booth all dialed in. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's kind of a, um, you know, the whole gear shop will be, you know, all the gear that we sell, um, most of it will be there and on hand and for people to look at and touch and feel and, um, talk to the, you know, the experts and, uh, we have a whole new optics booth. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, so I'm, we're bringing a, a, a literally pretty much the entire, uh, shop, um, of optics and it'll be on hand for everybody to take a look at and ask questions and purchase 
Awesome. There will be some show deals, so pay attention. Get out there. Figure it out. Come Good. talk to me. Cody, I'm sitting here looking at the Suray yeah. uh, VA5 head, and this is the first time that I've really had a chance to kind of play with it and mess with it. Um, butter, I, butter I love the 701, Man, the Manfrotto 701 HDV head, and this is actually the closest thing I've seen to that head um i like the way the the, the way the fluid head i like the way it it it, it moves nice it, it, it handles weight jay about as good as anything that i've ever used yeah um it's not overly big i think it's you know right at one pound just a little bit over um it's arco swiss compatible there's lots of adjustment for for balancing whatever optics you're using um, you can balance it with a plate. You can balance it by moving the plate back and forth within the head. Um, the pan is as smooth and as quiet and as as uh, good as anything I've ever used. Super affordable too. I was shocked well, when you told me the price. Yeah, one forty nine ninety nine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean this. I mean the eight the seven hundred one HDV, which they don't make anymore, is yeah. kind of my go to head. And this thing actually is smaller. Um, I actually like the way the plate system fits on here and as you know, it's so smooth, um, really well, excited about and this. And you've got it hooked up right now with the, the 95 and the, and the STX on it and it works. E I think it actually balances better with the BTX on it. And, uh, I mean, I've used it with the 85, 65 and with the balancing points, you really don't need much. Yeah. Now, is this arm that comes on there? Is this the arm that comes? That, that's with it? the arm that that comes with it. Um, okay. I like I have, it. I have seen. I, I like that particular arm. It's not as long as some of the old Manfrotto. You know, the mm -hmm. old Manfrotto's were two or three inches longer. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually. I, I. It doesn't help the warranty on the <laughs> on that handle. I've actually. <laughs> excuse me. I've had a couple of guys that have shortened that handle. Only because they just wanted it, you know, really more compact. compact in their mm -hmm. pack. I get it. Um, it's not. I, I actually have used that handle more than I've ever used. Um, but I've also taken it off and tested it without it. So um, you can. You yeah, can, I could see how you could just pop that off, and I think yep. just using your hands, it would still be really good. I don't even know that you need the handle. No. I like the adjustment here on your up and down. Um, you know, you can tighten it where it's really rigid, or you can get it where you can literally. It's just so fluid moving. Well, it, it is a true fluid head, and it. Uh, I, I've. I'm. 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 You, you know, you try not to compare to something that doesn't even exist anymore because they don't make it. But the you know, I have a 701 out there in the garage that I. It's still one of my favorite heads to use. Um, and I've started switching all of my heads over to this, um, just because of the fact that, you know, um, and then, you know, I still use heads for lightweight, but I, I'm, I'm so kind of middle of the road now on, on the performance. I, I kind of like the midweight stuff. I like the, well, the I do too. I, I like, like that the stability range. I mean, this is still way smaller than the seven, than the 701 HDV, but the thing that I like about it is it still look like it's, it's it's beefy enough it's just the it looks like the perfect size now they also make a va10 yeah there's a there's a va10 that that uh will soon be in the shop um it's a little bit bigger uh, a little bit heavier 
So I would tell you that, you know, for anybody that's that's wanting the ultimate in like, you know, videoing or using COAs or doctors or even the BTX, um, that piece of gear is, is another one and it'll be in soon. And is it similar in size to say the old H, uh, 701 uh, I would say that it's between the 701 and the old 501. It's not okay. quite as big as the 501. Okay. Good stuff. So that's really cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you showed this to me. Um, I've played with it before, but never really as much. I literally have it in my hand. I'm spinning it around right now. It's just cool head. Well, but even the tripod day, I mean, and I've showed you the one that we're we're bringing in some different stuff and and this know, one the, right here is awesome this, this tripod that we're talking about um and I, I i won't give anybody the names and and the numbers right now because we're working on um some stuff that is for go hunt super affordable though. super affordable um extremely well made um you know there's some package deals out there that I, i've been blown away by how because if if I if I told you that that tripod right there, you know, was a hundred and you know fifty dollar tripod, you'd probably like, are you are you sure? I can buy three of these for the price of some of the others out on the market. Yep. And, and this uh, looked, I mean, I would have taken this on my doll sheep hunt in a heartbeat. Um. Yeah. That's uh. That's a pretty serious. Uh, and that's on the lighter weight side, but it the way that it performs, it's it kind of actually performs like a a medium weight tripod. Yeah. Cody, so, we're um, we're gonna dive into a bunch sure. of questions today. Let's hammer them um, out. Hey, I have. just want to get back to everybody real quick. Sheep show dates February seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, we're there all day. Um, come see us. Um, I know Jay's gonna be at the booth. I'll be at the booth. Brady will be there. Um, and then the Western Hunter. And I know we'll go over this again at the end of the show, but uh, or podcast. Uh, Western Hunter is from the fourteenth to the seventeenth. So that goes Thursday to Sunday. So a lot of people don't realize that that Sunday day is still open. Sure. Or, you, know, you know, it's open for business, so. Can't drink beer, but you can come. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it a dry, isn't, isn't um, it? Or you maybe know, you can't sell no, you it can't, in Utah No, 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 you can drink beer. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I'm not used to that, and people walk around with, you know, open beers all all the time there. So it's, I, yeah. For some reason, I thought Utah had, maybe it's you can't go to the store and purchase it yeah. until noon or something on Sunday. I don't, but I think I don't drink venues, regardless, but. but I don't know. I go there to put my name in the sheep tags and the Utah draw and the whole thing. So Dude, I, I think this is my year. Um, <laughs> I've been buying <laughs> raffle tickets up there. And haven't won yet, but I'm just feeling good about uh, my it'll, opportunity. It'll come. It'll come. Any of you that are thinking of going to the Western Hunting Expo, realize that uh, Utah has a raffle drawing of a couple hundred tags that literally most of the tags I think are five bucks and you can put in for elk and moose and antelope and sheep and all kinds of cool stuff mule well, deer and some great units and, and not only that but there's the all the other drawings for the sheep tags in alaska or you know, society yeah the yeah. Uh, they do a northwest territory i mean there's yeah. the, I mean, yeah there's some awesome tags and so i think, I think my stone should. sheep i think it i think this is my year um I, I may draw a desert and a stone in the full curl raffle yeah, myself. Yeah, no kidding. So. Nice. Um, I like you that. You guys probably don't even need to apply because yeah. I think I'm going to win. Uh, let's get into these questions. Sure. I know that's where people get a ton of value. Um, first question is, how are the Leica Duovids 10 to 15 by 50 for an option to only pack one set of binoculars? So variable. I haven't looked through these myself. Variable. 
um, 10 to 15 by 50. He's saying, how are these for an only a one set to carry? Well, because I never try to hold anything back and pull any punches and tell somebody not, but he, let, let's talk about it. The Duovids are an awesome piece of glass. And I would tell you that as a standalone, I can understand why a guy wants to go do that. My only gripe with the Duovids, the only thing I, I look at and I in it, I just wish they, they were a little better, is that as a 10 by 50, whereas your normal field of view is about 330 feet or 350 feet field of view, it really dips below that, well below that. So it, you, you, you have a 10 power, but you don't get near the field of view that you would expect out of a 10 power. Conversely, when you go to the 15 power, whereas your normal 15 power is, um, because it's a fit, it ends up being a 15 by 50, your, your normal 15 by 56s are about 200 and, I don't know, depending on which one it is, 230 feet to about 236 feet. And the, the 1550s are well below that. So while on power, it functions and, and does good, you know, for a 10 power and a 15 power. I, it, so you it, lose a little field of view. You lose a little field of view. And that's, I, I, you know, that's my only thing about them that, that bugs me. I'm going to be honest. If I had to choose between the two different duovids, because they also make an 8 by 42 that that goes up to a twelve by forty two. I'm just being honest. If I had to pick one, I choose the eight to twelve by forty two than I would the ten to fifteen. I know people are probably thinking I'm crazy, but I've looked through them. I, I, that's just the one I would choose. Fair enough. Uh, question here from Chad Forest. He says I'm putting together a beat around rifle. ATV to use in the ATV pickup, etc. What scopes can handle the abuse the best? So I assume he's talking rifle scopes. Um, what's your opinion on Jeez. durability of rifle scopes? Um, you know, I think the first thing that needs to be addressed is is that I would I would address them. I, I would use bulletproof mounts. Um, uh, I would use you know like a, a rail with you know some kind of tactical mount um or you know like a one of my favorites is like a, a tally rail uh either a, a regular rail or 20 moa rail from tally or and then coupled those with uh i've been really liking the the prw um rings from uh from loophold uh fantastic set of rings um so i i, I it's not just the scope that has to handle it but the, you know the actual mounting has to be super solid, super strong. Um, you know, God, in today's teenage, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's wanting to do long range and have big tactical turrets and all that. Um, you know, I would try to maybe stick with some of the scopes that are like Leupold. Um, you know, I love the fact like their their VX5 and VX6 series. Um, they have shorter turrets, so they're not sticking up so heavy. Um, in and out of scabbards, <clears throat> in and out of scabbards, and and you know they're not big giant tactical scopes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of scopes out there I think that'll handle it, but you know, it, it, I there's some parameters that he's not letting us in on. Um, but I, I would look real strongly at, at, at VX5s and VX6s. 
um, I think that's a good place to go. Um, certainly some of the Vortex, like the, um, you know, the HSs and, and PSTs and, and you know, like 4 to 16, 44s, um, th- th- their turrets aren't, you know, overly big. Um, I think they would handle it too, as well as a lot of other brands. But it, I just kind of like to pick his brain more and ask him what he wants out of that scope. Good stuff. Chad, call Cody. Um <laughs> What is the best lightweight tripod and head for 95 STX? That comes from MAP6386. And right here sitting next to me is this Sure um, VA5. And I'm liking what I see. I haven't had it out in the field yet. But, man, this seems Um, like a real sweet little setup. It's my go-to. Uh, for, for any of the optics I'm using, especially the BTX in the, in the 95, um, I, I, you know, look, you, the lighter weight you go, you're just going to start having to have your hands more involved vibration. You're going to get a little bit more vibration. There's just certain things that happen with the lighter weight. And, and, and then when you start talking about, um, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the way that things mount up, um, you know, this is Arcus was compatible. Um, it's got a wide base plate, everything, you know, mounts up real solid on it. Um, I, I, I'd have to just say right now, the VA five, um, you know, head is, is, is my go-to head and what I would suggest for, for exactly what that is. I'm going to second that, uh, Here's a Tanner underscore yellow hair. He says, I heard you say that Swaros are better than any other optic. What makes them the best? I assume he's talking about, I heard you talking about Jay, talking me, about you, yeah. um, saying that Swaros are, are better than any other optic. For me personally, I go back with Swarovski 25, maybe even for longer, 20, 25 years ago of originally when they had their warranty it was a no questions asked warranty uh, i remember dar and i were so pumped to get our first pair of 10 by 42 slcs uh, within a year he dumped his off the canyon of the black river all the way down to the bottom and literally broke every single piece of glass in the binocular and at the time sent them back and literally it was a laundry list of things that they had fixed yep. and it was no charge um, i've heard that they have kind of modified somewhat you know, people sending the whole binocular back with every single piece of glass broke and they're starting to, you know, maybe charge a little bit for that. But originally what drew me to Swarovski was an unbelievable warranty. That's number one. Number two was I still have yet to look through a set of binoculars where you have that just unbelievable bright wow factor. Right. And I think the the two that come closest are Zeiss and Leica mm-hmm. to that. Um, but for me, I've been sold on Swarovski for a long time. And so I've been pretty loyal to the brand. I have, you know, I've basically had every set of optics that they've made from, you know, the old CT spotting scopes to the STS to the STS, like, you know, I've I've graduated along with their modular system. I've had everything from 10 SLCs to 1050s to 12s to 10 10 ELs to 10 EL range. And, you know, I've been back to the factory in Swarovski. I've been to Austria. I've met a lot of the people. Really great family. And for me, I'm just a Swarovski guy. Not saying I won't. I will use something else if it's better. Right. Like for years, I had the Koas when I felt like the Koas were the best long-range glass. 
Um, now I'm using the twin Swarovski spotters. Mm -hmm. I'm not tied to Swarovski in the fact that, you know, oh, I'm only going to use Swarovski. I'll use whatever I think's best. Period. Well, and, and I think, at the time, I think Swarovski's I think you saying top that, in class. that I think that's what people miss the most. Look, no one's arguing that Swarovski is a great piece of glass. There are other great pieces of glass that are arguably you're you're truthfully at a certain point you're starting to split hairs. Correct. And I this is why I I preach it on the phone. I tell everybody as often as I can. If you want my opinion, I'll tell you my opinion. I'll tell you what's in my trunk out there ready to go right now. And I'm not always the fair guy to ask because I'm always testing and using and and I have to do that. Right. Because people are going to ask me. Right. But I think what, what people need to do for themselves is they honestly need to put themselves behind the glass. Right. Beg, borrow, don't steal, but just beg, borrow, steal, look at, talk to, get in front of anybody that will allow you to look through their glass, especially if it's something you've never looked through, and especially if you get to compare it to something else. Right. And tell what your eyes see. Because I'm not going to sit here and tell a guy that's looking through a pair of Zeiss HT 1042s and another guy that's looking through the, the EL 1042s and tell one of them that they're both crazy because that's not the best piece of glass. No, I mean, it's just like shoes. I mean, everybody's feet fit different. I mean, everybody's eyes it, are different. Everybody has a different like. I Well, and the, and, and, the, and the biggest thing like that I think that people miss... You know, all these optics operate, operate. they basically have different color spectrums that they're hitting. Yeah. So, Jay, that wow factor for you may be the fact that because Swarovski hits a little bit more on the yellow side of things, and I don't know, maybe that's just because of it. I, I can tell you that Leica and Zeiss kind of hit more in the blue. blue. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I mean, like, you know that. Mm -hmm. And... For some people, if you told them, you know, I love the comparison between the 12 HDs uh, pluses from Leica and the 1250s from 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 Swarovski. You're you literally, and when you're talking about image of looking at the at the same game, uh, excuse me, on the same hillside from the same distance. And one guy's telling me that one is just way better than no, the other. No, it's, it's personal I, it, preference. It's personal preference. Right, and if you were able to cover up the rubber, you know, and where people couldn't tell and where they're just literally looking through glass, I'm betting a lot of people, including me, might even say, these are Swarovskis, and you take them off, and you're like, those are Zeiss. Like, well, other than maybe a little bit of the color tint, like the clarity, um, you know... It, the great news is we live in a day and age where there's a lot of companies that are doing amazing work and the competition between these well, companies is that, fierce, but it's creating a better product well, for exactly. us. And it's also the best part of this is, and I don't want to leave out, I, I know I call it sometimes second tier glass or mid-level or you know mid-price or however you want to say it, because I don't want to offend anybody, but the the tier two glass getting good, it's man. getting good it's getting better all the time it's so good yeah. and they're doing it for prices we've not heard of right. so you know I I think you know some guys get all offended or like you know you Ford Chevy like, like it's for it is Ford Chevy and you know like you've told some guy and don't leave out the Dodge guys for crying out loud but you know the point is 
you get guys that it's not an ego thing. And it's why, Jay, I always go back to the, the same premise that I've been selling on for as long as I've been doing this. Buy the best glass you can afford. Make make sure that your eyes see through them well. Um, you know, I, it, it, you just got to do what's good for you. Yep. And put it on a tripod and go glass. I guarantee you see more game that way. Okay, the next question, Cody, kind of talks about this. It's from D-R-O-Z-A underscore O seven. He says, I can't afford Swaros yet. What does Cody recommend in the Vortex or Loophold line up to four or 500 yards? So it, it sounds like he's wanting fairly close range glassing. I do know that Loophold and Vortex, like you said, they're closing that gap quickly. They are. Um, I get this a lot. People wanting to know in kind of the mid-tier price range, what optics would you recommend from each manufacturer, two or three that they might consider from each of these manufacturers that you handle? Well, he's asking about Vortex and, and Loopholds, so let's talk about them. Loopholds got a brand new binocular that, that was just released at SHOT Show. I've had it in my hands, and it's going to make people think about quote-unquote lower-end optics. In what I what I would call, I don't, I don't even like to use the word lower end because you're talking about price range. Yeah, the price range, the look and the feel. Affordable. Yeah, affordable. The the look and the feel. Maybe we should call them beginner. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody, but that it just is what it is. But I looked at a set of ten forty twos, and I realized that I'm in the shot show, and you're looking all the way across the you know through the rafters, and I was actually quite impressed with these. But I mean, they looked. They, they kind of had a certain heft to them, um, and it's it, it's their uh, it's their uh, I can't even think of the name of it right now, but it's their uh, their Santiam line. And I'm thinking to myself that it, it just keeps getting better and better. So um, Zeiss, you got the Terra EDs. I, I I I would tell somebody to look at those, you know, firsthand. I mean, put your eyes behind them; they're great. Um, Vortex is selling the Diamondbacks. Um, and then, you know, when you step up to, you know, that five or $600 range, you're into the Vipers. So you've got more choices than we ever had, you know, because basically there was a certain time when you were buying a pair of Tascos out of a blister pack right. on a wall that were, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks. Right. And we've got all these choices of this glass that's out there now that we didn't have before. So taking that a step further, I mean, if someone is going to hunt in the Western U.S. and they're going to do some, you know, longer range glassing with maybe some 12s or some 15s and they're like, you know, I would like a real affordable chest binocular that I could just have that works great. Like this question the guy's asking, you know, out to three to four or five hundred yards and just have something around your chest and everybody's on a certain budget level. Not everybody can afford to have, you know, right. the Zeiss, you know, full line or the Leica or the Swarovski full line. Um, there are some great options like what you were just saying with the Santium line, with the loophole, just to have a good 10 by 42 around your neck that work for, you know, picking up and looking and just, you know, kind of quick scanning and, you know, gets good light to your eye um, out there. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have the options that we have now. We 
we we we well, it's just a fact. We did not have the options that we do now. Um, you know, but he he's talking four or five hundred yards. You know, there's there's tens and twelves by Vortex and Loophold that are going to put him in that. You know that five hundred dollar. You know, I, I basically go from basically four hundred dollar to you know right out of a, a thousand bucks, and he's going to be able to do really awesome. They're going to be tripod mountable, so you know. And and I think a lot of people get caught up that they have to have fifteens or twelves. And if he wants to go that route, that's fine. But if you take a ten and put it on a tripod at four or five hundred yards, most people have no idea how valuable and how truly good that can be on a tripod. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I, if the, if he wants to call and talk to me about different options at at, at beginning to you know mid range binoculars, I'd be more than happy to go to, through every to, one of to them. go through every one of them with him. Okay, we've got a question here from uh, CODAK Outdoors. It says, 15 by 56 versus spotting scope. And we get this question a lot. A lot. For Western hunting pros and cons. So the way I understand this question is he's trying to say like 15 by 56 only or spotting scope only. Right. And so I assume with this spotting scope only I assume he's talking maybe he has a set of eights or tens or something around his neck, and then he glasses something up, and then he uses his spotting scope. And then the 15 by 56 only. So stand alone, would you rather have a pair of good pair of 15 by 56 or a good spotting scope? I would almost ask, what hunt exactly are you going on? Right. But he's saying Western hunting, so I assume that he's wanting to have a variable of animals that he can be hunting. I'm of the opinion that a good pair of 15 by 56, in my opinion, carries more weight with me for some of the guys that are going to be doing mule deer hunting and do uh, coos deer hunting where, you know, picking up ears flicking and things like that. Right. I think it's more important to find the animal than to only have the portion to zoom in and clarify with a good spotting scope, if that makes sense. Yep. So I would go with, if you could only choose one or the other, I would get a pair of mountable 15 by 56 binoculars, even if you never had a spotting scope. I think you find more animals, and then you just have to use your legs and get closer. Well, I, I come back to the, if a guy wants to use a spotting I mean, some people just hate looking one eye open. I think if a guy's using a 15, and he's got a you know a good 15 on a tripod, and he gets and he's more relaxed, I think he's going to end up being having a more enjoyable hunt. Uh, again, we're assuming that he's maybe having an 8 or a 10 on his neck, and, and he didn't say that. If if he's if he's choosing 8 or a 10 on his neck and he's got a 15, you know, there's a part of me that would, you know, because I don't mind looking through a spotting scope, and I know I know what I can do with it and what I can't, and, and you know, what I like to do for long distance versus can't. I think the thing we need to talk about is is the 15 and the spotting scope of the same quality. Right. Because here's my deal. If you told me that you were using a Zeiss or Swarovski 15, but you told me that you had a a, a, a lesser spotting scope, quality spotting scope, I'll take the 15s all day long. Right, because I always say like at a... At a you know, even a mile or even out further, you can tell if that buck's a shooter or not. Right. You might not know exactly what it is, but you can see the frame. Whereas 
if you had a pair of eights that you're just panning around not on a tripod you may never even see that buck to even Correct. put the spotting scope on them and then if you had a cheap spotting scope you may better off with two eyes relaxed on a tripod looking through a great pair of 15s in the size or the or the Swarovskis. So I, I just think that there's too much there. Th- th- well, there's I mean there, there's a lot to talk about on that, and I and again and I keep saying it. I'm not trying to to oversell this, but that's why you know a guy like that. I, I I you know please call me and I will be more than happy to walk you through the process of what you know so that I know more about that scenario. And I think that we could get him to a point where he felt comfortable with with whatever, you know. Depending on the tools he's got, we can you know add either a, a set of fifteens or a, a spotting scope to it. Here's another one. What rifle scope would you use for a two seventy and or a six point five Creedmoor with the potential of a four to six hundred yard maximum shot? So he's looking for a rifle scope that you know maximum six hundred yards. Um. So which way again, you again there's there's lots to choose from um i i think the uh the you know the vortex scopes um there are some uh some diamondback some viper scopes um that will be in that you know four to 16 range um that will make that four to 600 yard shot you know look really really good um there are options for custom turrets and and um you know, or, or if you're going to use the dials, it, it just depends on what you're going to do with that. Um, that's from Vortex. Um, the Zeiss V4, um, I think you can't leave that scope out. That's That scope has been um, gaining, you know, steam all along. Again, I've mentioned the uh, the VX5, uh, uh, 3 to 15, um, you know, with the, uh, the custom, you know, dial system. I think you can't leave that one out. Um, and then kind of an old standby for me, um, I love a Swarovski Z5 3.5 to 18 by 44 uh, with a custom turret on it. Um, that scope, you know, it, it just that it would fit the bill for that too. Um, I have it set up on my gun for a, a 675 yard, you know, is what my final turret reading says. So, um, you know, that's another one where we could talk about more specifics about how he's going to shoot and is he going to use a... A, uh, a bullet drop compensator, you know, meaning in the reticle, or is he going to use his turrets, or how does he want to do that? So um, those are some really good options for what he's, you know, talking about. Got another question here. What is the plus and minuses of the BTX? I know we've <laughs> talked about this before. Um, okay, Jay, get it out there. Here we go. It's an angled, I know. Get it out there. Go ahead. The pluses for me are that it's lightweight and you can use both eyes. Mm-hmm. And whether you go with the 65, the 85, or the 95, I mean, I think the 65 is 4.14. I think the 85 is around 6. And yeah, I think the 95 is 6.5 pounds. It's 4.5, 5.5, and 6. Okay, so super lightweight for mm-hmm. what you get. Um, you know, the clarity is awesome, I think, in the BTX. Yeah, the clarity and the resolution is, is and, amazing. And you're at... Uh, a power, a fixed power of um, 30 or 35, 30 on the 65 millimeter and the 85, and then 35 on the mm-hmm. 95 millimeter. Right. Again, now that brings in the minuses. For me, that's, I wish Swarovski would have made it in a variable scope. It wouldn't surprise me if someday they did that. I don't know. Total speculation. 
Um, don't want to create any well, speculation. Well, we, we've learned never to say never. Never say never with Swarovski for sure. Um, the fixed magnification always throws me for a loop if I'm just nitpicking. And then a personal bias of mine is the angled. I prefer straight. Yep. Uh, but I know a lot of people out there like Greg Krogh, he likes the angled. Like he prefers the angled, thinks it's easier on his neck. So I mean, well, again, like we were for talking, a guy it's that was having to, preference for, for a guy that was having to wear a neck brace because he was looking through his Doctor. his doctors. Yeah, I thought that. Was, not, I'm not trying to bag on doctors, but he he literally went to the doctor and was like, "Hey, I'm having this real problem," and they start really talking about what he was going through, and you know, and, and I don't know how many people know Greg or not, but he's. He's, he's a madman. He, he's 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 constantly doing something, and he's uh, I mean he's he's a he's a roper. Yeah. I mean he's he's never active. He's never yeah. sitting down. He's always doing something. And the doctor finally is like, "Hey, do you do anything?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, I sit in glass a lot." And he's like, "Well, what do you mean a lot?" So Greg going through the whole thing with him, and he's like, "He's like, oh, we need you know." Yeah, your neck and, is cricked. Yeah, yeah. He, and he did. He started. He had to wear a brace for a while, and he started to use the coas a little bit more, and to try to take some pressure off of his neck, and and so you know that started a whole debate between his coas and his and his forty by eighty doctors, and so. Um, well, my question would be to go back to the straights angle in the in the BTX. I, I you know, there's a couple things at play here. The variables. I'll answer this. I don't know why it is, and I know that someday I'll talk to one of the engineers from one of the companies, and he'll give me a really good reason why. And I'm not trying to bag on a product, but I'll just I'll leave it out there. There's a product out there that um, goes from 20 to 50 on a variable, and I'm sorry, but when I look at that 20 to 50 variable versus its other products that are, you know, of single power, there's not a comparison of the eyepieces. I don't care how you shake it out. I've looked through them side by side. I've tested them at all the powers. And while I find it neat that you can go from 20 to 50 power on something, I'm just telling you it, I think sometimes we're asking it to do too much. Mm-hmm. Getting too cute with it. And and I just know that because of that, that that focal length and when you dial the power in and out, it, I, I'm, it, it just changes the dynamics of I, it. It just doesn't kind even of on work. my twins. I'll I'll it, be honest. When I glass at twenty five, but anytime you start messing with the power, even when you crank all the way up to fifty. 50. It's just not as good. Um, it'll be interesting to see what plays out. My question for you. I mean, is, I'd love to see him. Co- I mean, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, he's not there. I'd love to see him come out with a, w- w- with a variable. But it might not but be I, as good. It has to be the same. The I have to get that same. And I always talk about that perceived field of view. Right. I don't right. want that messed with. Right. Because I think it's so good right now. Right. Are you surprised how many BTX that you've actually sold? Oh, and it's, how well? it's staggering. Yeah. It's, and I told, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm not that we were like prophetic or anything, but I mean, the fact of it is, is when this thing came out, we were like, look at each other, like, oh my God. It really has put the long range glassing 
and truly made it to where everybody is kind of starting to understand yeah. what you know why were the Greg Krogs and you know the the Dwayne Adams and all these guys out there what you know uh, wh- why was everybody you know looking at long range and what were they gaining from it yeah and I think everybody's starting to figure it out that's a phenomenal piece of gear for sure as as one of our buddies close to the show called me not too long ago and said do you guys have to tell them everything. <laughs> Next question is, I have Vortex Vipers 15s, a gift, he says, and SLC 10s. Which would be better for tripod glassing deer? Uh, well, okay. So um, he's probably referring to the 1550s, which I don't believe they make anymore. Um, and 10 by 42 SLCs. Mm-hmm. Um. If I had to pick one and I was going tripod or handheld, I'd go I'd, I'd go SLCs. Sorry. Okay. I, I, just, just no other way to answer that. How much larger does the magnification of optics make when you're looking at deer and elk antlers? The question's kind of, how much larger does magnification of optics make deer slash elk antlers look? Well, I don't think it's the magnification. What I think it always comes back to what screws people up is light. Right. You know, um, but, but I think what he's asking yeah. is like, if you're looking at a deer at 500 and you're looking at a deer at a thousand and you're looking at a deer at 2000, how much, if you're looking through tens or fifteens, how much do the antlers, how much can you see them better? And I'm going to say, uh, well, I guess if with I'm looking good at that light, yeah. Higher magnification, you should be able to determine more of the antlers, and they should right. not give you necessarily a clearer image, but you should be able to see the points and maybe extras and with more magnification than, say, if you're with tens. Right. But there also becomes a point where if you have too much magnification and the light goes bad, you might be better off with tens. So it's kind of a little bit of a trade-off, but I would say between tens and fifteens, fifteens are going to be better for seeing a little extra point, a little kicker, you know, something off the beam or whatever. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay. Next question. Which rifle scope brands and power do you recommend for coos, elk, and mule deer? Yeah. So I think all those are one and the same. I mean, they can be. Um, Meaning a Western Arizona type hunter that's going to hunt coos, muley, and elk. So this has been much debated. I am not... I, I will say that I'm a guy who likes the power somewhere between four... Let's just call it three, three and a half, four to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in a lot of cases... When you have so much magnification, and I'm going to say over 20 power, I think sometimes it creates more problems than it solves. Right. Now, I'm not saying that, and I know people are going to say, oh, he, you know, I've, I've shot, I know that. I get it all. We all have different opinions on that deal, and, and I'm cool with that. But for me, I, I typically will, you know, when I've, put the crosshairs on them and I start to die. Sometimes I don't even know what power I wind up on. Mm-hmm. I just go and tell it, it feels and looks good. And the, and the crosshairs settle. Mm-hmm. Well, talk about it, that for a second. 
when you're looking through at lower power, your crosshairs, you don't see the vibration well, that you're creating. Absolutely. But when you go up to 25, every Everything, little, plus my heartbeat and right. breathing, everything else is showing up on those crosshairs. I mean, you. I don't know if some people realize that, but you go to a 25 power scope and you put the crosshairs, you know, right on the chest of that deer. I can literally see the heartbeat every moving. I mean moving the, the crosshairs. And I don't think people realize that that can have an effect. So I've always been one just to turn the power down enough that all that kind of goes away. And you have a clear image. And you have a, a clear image. Maybe you have less heat waves. Maybe, mm-hmm. But maybe you use the power more heat waves because you're, you're reading the wind. There, there, there is an art and a science to all this. Um, but I, I think that, that for me personally, I love that. I'm just going to call it four to 20. Mm-hmm. And if it ends up being three to 18 or, you know, I, I, I know that, that somewhere around that 15, yeah, 15 power, 18 power is pretty sweet. It, it, that's a, it's a, I, I like that power. Yeah. I mean, I, I granted, and I, I wish Dar were here because I know that, that, you know, he cranks them up and, and I don't have a problem with that. I would just like for somebody else's perspective, right? You know, um, and some guys use heavier guns. Some guys, you know, I think that depends on if you have a ten-pound rifle, like some of these guns are getting these days. Maybe that twenty-five power. You know, if if you literally look at some of the guns that these guys are hauling out into the woods, just can. I mean, they're can. I mean, they're they're big and they're heavy and and hey, if that's if that's what you're into, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Next question, uh, are shooting sticks recommended? If so, brand and length, please. Thanks again. So my answer is bipod's best. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of shooting sticks. Um, I know at the ranch there at the Odd Six, uh, the owners, they really like bog pod. And yep. they've had some good success with that on some of their hunts and what have you. Um, and we've used them a little bit. And I know there's other shooting sticks out there. I would always say lay down, get on a backpack, get as low as you can. If I can get prone and on a bipod first, that's my that would be my first go-to. That's what I want. Right. Um, you know, I I've seen, you know, and and also as of late, I'm really into the triclops and being able to put your your gun into a, a saddle. Mm-hmm. and lock it down um i've been really happy with the results of that in my kids especially with kids yeah. um i with the kids and you know look i'm not trying to do anything crazy i'm not trying to shoot thousand i know guys do it's that but with the kids it really makes the two three four five hundred yard shots i mean it, it's almost scary yeah. of how good it's kind they of can a game be. changer it, exactly the only thing i would say and a negative to that is it doesn't teach kids how to get on and stay well, on. You can kind of get it on for them, and then they pull the trigger. But th- also, when they're super young, it kind of helps them get confident in making a few good shots, and then I think their target acquisition would well, come. Well, and, and we talked about this with, with Ty's hunt last year. Man, that kid, you know, he's 15 years old, and he, and he just – for three hours, we're on a buck. For I mean, just couldn't get him in the right spot. And he was upset with himself afterwards because. But I'm like, that kid. He he he. Every time that deer moved, he 
he was moving and getting on him and, and readjusting his his rear support and so I, I think there's a learning curve to all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but to you know to I guess to be more specific with that, you know I know that you know those Primos um, shooting sticks, trigger you know, stick. the trigger sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of guys use those with a lot of success, and I truly believe, and I'm going to say this. Any rest is better than no rest. Right. And whatever you're using, whether you're using the snipe pod, whether you're using the um, the javelin, uh, the lightweight sticks that are that are new. I mean, there's there's so many of the, of the things out there. Whatever you're using, just make sure you're proficient with it and you've used it before you get into the field. Well, and I think there's a certain point where shooting sticks i think you've got to have a max range because it's not like laying down it's not like being completely prone and still well you know whether it be two or three hundred yards or 400 yards there has to be kind of a given of okay the shooting sticks uh, i have a max range well because you can only get so still i mean you know i'll expand on a little bit like and i'll give you for example jay because obviously my experience with the outdoorsman's Look, their rear rifle rest and and their support, it that's an awesome piece of gear. But if you don't go out in the field and use it and practice with it, that was the only time we ever got complaints. Yeah, when the heat of the moment. When the heat of the moment's got now now they you know now they kind of want to kind of want to hammer on. Well, you know it wouldn't. Do, no, it will do that. But y- you got flustered and you didn't practice with it. And that's why we go out and shoot so much with the kids right. and try to put them in those situations, including ourselves, and do it. So I would just tell you that, you know what, whatever the system is that you're employing, for God's sakes, just please practice with it. it says, I use Swirl 15 HDs and STS 65, comma, 10s on my chest. I'm condensing 15s and 10s to 12 ELs. Is it the way to go? So let me recap this. He's got 15s and a 65, so I assume his 65 STS is staying the same. He's got 10s on his chest, and he's trading in the 15s and the 10s and going with a 10 EL, and he's saying way to go with a thumbs up question mark. My answer is, I'll let you answer, but my answer is... That's not my choice. Um, that would not be my choice. I would stick with the program. I would think that Arizona hunters that are hunting a lot of coos deer, in my opinion, they're going to miss the three power of magnification. Now, right. if you don't hunt coos deer, I think the 12s are phenomenal for mule deer, elk, mountain goat, sheep. I think they're phenomenal, but if you're coos deer hunting specifically, 15s, I think, are well, hard to beat. I will go back to a day, Dar and I, Parker, um, sitting on the side of the, well, actually, we're sitting in a little flat, and we'd been glassing all around us all morning, and we were kind of having lunch, trying to figure out, make a plan for the afternoon, and there were some deer that were up on a face, I think it was about 800, 850 yards away. And I was looking through the 12s, the ELs. Dar's looking through the 15s. And presumably, I think we're looking at the same kind of yellow blonde, you know, kind of area. And Dar's like, oh, man, you know, those does are back. And I I swung the 12s, and I was like, are are we talking about the same? You know, I kept, 
going. And I literally stepped out of mine, looked into his. I'm like, oh, they're right in the same. And I kind of had to go back and do what I was doing. And I'm just being honest that that day, that was just that moment when I was like, you know, I, I'm a huge 1250 fan. I mm. love the 1250s. Mm-hmm. And at 850 yards, in that grass and that light and that condition, there was no doubt that I appreciated that three extra power. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, I had to kind of look over at Darn and go, well, that, that kind of, you know, I was a little hurtful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Right, but, but in another circumstance where you're glass and elk or you're glass and mule deer that are bigger bodied, 12s might be perfect. Well, so I like to say if you're coos, you're going to miss well, the three power. And what if you wanted the field of view because the deer are rutting all over the Moving, place? Yeah. So there's a lot to that question. Um, I think he's headed down. I, th- I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, that one probably needs to be talked through and, and just to make sure. I'm all for making a new purchase and glass and selling, but I don't want him to. You actually like to make money? Well, I know I love to make money, but I, I'm going to be honest with the guy too. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not going to just sell that guy a set of twelves if he's asking me like really what he should do. Um, I I don't I don't know that the twelves are the complete answer, unless he's trying to save weight and do some things. I I don't know. Okay, I need you fully lathered up for this one oh, because this one's going to get you going. Because I know you love this topic. Do it all chest set of binos. Deer, elk, coos, sheep, EL-1042s, EL-1050s, or 1250s? I'll let you answer first before I do. Well, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the 1050s. Okay. Um, Because of the exit pupil of five? Because of the exit pupil of five, and and if, and they're still light enough, and it's still, you know, on that 10 power range that I can handhold them, keep them steady if I'm using them that way. And on the uh, and on the reverse side, um, if I'm using them for a, a tripod, uh, I, I feel that, that, I mean, they're going to be incredibly bright. And you're taking that E, oh, I mean, I'm assuming he, he said ELs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, 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 I, and I'll throw another one at you. Um, that you know that the Sarovsky's making that 1056 now. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know that I want a 56 millimeter on my chest, but man, off a tripod that'd look really good with a 5.6 millimeter. Yeah. Uh, you exit know, uh, uh, yeah, exit pupil, and and so I, I'm just telling them those three choices. I'm taking the I'm taking the 1050s. Okay. This guy says I've only got five hundred dollars to spend. I hunt all big game. I'm hunting New Mexico out OTC Owdad. What binos? Five hundred bucks. Give him give him two or three choices. Um or give him one. What no, I mean he's gotta look at the the I mean if he's if he's at five hundred dollars, no more. I mean I'd really like to see him in a set of, of Vortex Vipers. Yep. I mean, really? Yeah. Um, and, and, and if he can't do, if he can't go over the 500 a little bit, then I'd really like to see him in a set of 1042 um, Terra EDs. Okay. Sticking on the chest bino topic, 8x42s as a chest bino question mark. And my response was 
I'd probably go with the 10 by 42. Now, I know you love the 8. I love 8s. And and the only reason I love 8s is because I love hunting elk in in different... I mean, one Eight's minute field of views a lot better, oh, especially if they're rutting and moving around. Yeah, I mean that's and that's. You know, I'd say if you're a deer hunter, go with tens. If you're an elk hunter, go with eights. Um, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, it sounds like no. we've got. Uh, if you guys hear a little bit of a blower, uh, someone in yeah. the neighborhood's blowing. Uh, so leaves, but Jay, you know most of the listeners, I look. We set these up, and you start asking everybody on the on the on your Instagram story, and you know the questions. Um, I don't always see these questions. I mean, I've, I'm not going to say I've never seen any of them, but I don't get it. It's, I'm not prepping and, right. and doing this. This is well, people want to know. Yeah. Um, you did share one with me in there, and I, who who was it? There was a question the guy texts you like every day. Which one? Does he ask you about the B- Is it a BTX or something? Yeah, I it, it just cracked me up. Does he literally send you lot. that all the time? Yeah. So is that the is that the BTX and the angle deal? Yeah. Okay. I just I had to I I was laughing at that because I saw that on your phone and I was like, that guy texts him every day and asks him if the <laughs> if Trotsky's doing the BTX in the straight. Which we can answer that one later, by the way. It says, is it possible to make twin spotters? With angled instead of straight. Well, um, no, I don't think it is. No, because what happens is is that the look. I, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but when you line them up in the very beginning, like you would have to have like hammerhead eyes. Yeah, super wide eyes. But the problem with it is is that the, if he thinks about it, the access is it, they they they're, they're not on the same access. Yeah, you'd have to have a giant head. Um, which, by the way. I did have a question about twin spotters yesterday that mm-hmm. is worth talking about. Um, most twin spotters are done with the STS mm-hmm. 65 millimeter, mm-hmm. 25 to 50 power eyepieces. Okay. The question has come up a couple times, and one of them was just yesterday. Um, you you can you can do that with the old 80s, but just so you know, there are no brackets in the 80s anymore they're not doing the brackets for the 80s unless somebody else has got something out there but um the brackets i mean the the brackets that are made and available right now are for the the 65s i also heard something the other day that i have to fact check on just because i'm kind of a fact checker someone was telling me that the older 30 power swarovski it's awesome. It actually has a wider field of view it, than the twenty-five it, to it fifty. Does. How? I, I I don't know, but that. But don't you remember when everybody was? Everybody and their brother wanted thirty power eyepieces, and that that it's just for whatever reason. So how can the twenty-five to fifty wide angle be narrower than? It's the, it's just how they're made and built, and where the lenses so are. Now I have to so, get thirty thirty-two. I. Th- First of all, I want to compare. Them. Well, so first of all, someone out there has a thirty. They don't make them power. anymore. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive of it. They're, I mean, they're not in my my paperwork, even the special order stuff. Okay. So they quit making those a while ago. Well, I love mine. So. Um, but one of the other questions is, is that do, can you make the STX series straight tubes? 
and there is a fit problem because of the rubber the eyepiece and the rubber the way that it bulges out when the two pieces meet um, you would have to do some fairly serious trimming to get the eyepieces close enough for even a wide set eye so it's really not conducive to to making the stx's work it's because i heard that um Corey pritchard up at the oro actually had a set of 95 uh, he, he did do a 90 set of 95 but he must have wide eyes no no to, C- C- Corey did some trimming okay from he's he did some trimming okay. and uh, yeah okay. so we'll maybe you know we should have Corey. we should that'd be a fun discussion because <laughs> he could tell you a lot about trimming. how they did that yeah exactly how to take a perfectly warranted piece of glass. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go out of warranty quick? Oh. Okay. Uh, what is the best long-range glass? I, my answer is 15 by 56 Swarovski SLCs. I call that kind of a medium-range, long-range glass. And then right now, my favorite is the 25 to 50 with the 65 millimeter STS spotting scopes. I call them if, the Swarovski twins. That's if, my answer. If I if I had to pick. Um, boy, am I in love with you know a, a set of tens or twelves and the the BTX eighty five. Okay, uh, I mainly archery hunt. It says ten by forty two EL or ten by forty two EL range. Mainly archery hunt. Um, you know, it, look. It, uh, so I know Chris Webster's going to laugh at me again today because I'm going to say it again, and he, I know he. Chris, you can call me and bust my chops. I, because of the way my bow is set up, I can use, and I know that my group sizing in at 20 and 30 yards, there's really only about an inch and a half difference between the point of impact. You know, maybe, it's, it's not more than two inches. I've done it over and over again, and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll have to stand outside and prove it one day. But So the EO ranges don't range below the 30-yard the mark. So a lot of people don't like to use them for archery because they don't range at 10 yards or 20 yards or 25 or, or even, you know, 30 yards. So, you know, you know, and let's be honest, for... For for archery, I've always kind of been partial. For a handheld range for a for a compact rangefinder, mm-hmm. just my opinion. Um, it, it's you know I use the 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 eight forty twos, eel ranges for for all my rifle stuff. Um, you know that's what I use right now. Uh, so uh, you know I, I, to answer the guy's question, I. You know, I, I I think I would probably go 1042 ELs and then and then pick a, you know a really good compact um, compact um, you know CRF from Leica or you know there's you know the the loop holds are phenomenal the the 1300 1800 Ranger from Vortex um, yeah I mean the 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 Victory RFs from Zeiss now you yeah. know button either side you can go down to 10 yards so. Um, I think there's a lot more options today than there were. And that's why this whole rangefinder market 
and with all the different patents and stuff coming down the line, I think I I truly believe that we are we are nowhere close to us getting to where we have kind of all the options at our fingertips with glass and rangefinders and yeah. I, I think we're still growing and, and getting better with that. Simple, quick answer. Oh boy. Last question. He says, EL-12s or SLC-15s, if you could only have one pair, which do you take? Well, but he's not answering. He's asking you. He's not asking. Uh, if I could just have one pair and what I do, um, I'm taking the 15s. I am too because I'm a coos deer hunter. Yeah, it's just it's for what I do, it's, I'm taking 15s. Okay. What's the best range or sweet spot for 10 by 42s and 15 by 56 and then what yardage slash mileage would you switch from 10 by 42s to 10 to 15s wow and what is the max yardage slash mileage is the max range for 15s my answer was um for the 42s 300 yards sweet spot for the 15 by 56, 1,000 yards is the sweet spot. Um, the furthest distance with the 15s, <laughs> I would say two to three miles. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. Probably two miles. Yeah. Three, I mean, you can see stuff with good luck, well, but you can't tell what it is, really. There's been times where it's probably a lot longer than that, that you're just saying, oh, yeah, there's elk over there on that. So do you... Th- uh, for me to say the sweet spot of 10 by 42s is 300 yards, do you think it's more like 500? I, I, I was uh, right when you said that I was I was thinking more along the lines of four or 500 yards. Okay. You know, and, and I'm and what I'm, about I'm, the 15? I'm thinking we're ha- we're talking handheld. You know, are we talking handheld or, or are well, we talking? That's a good question. Um, so three to 500. Three to 500 handheld and 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 uh, and tripod mounted. And then. If you, you know, if like you could just have a deer at a certain distance with 15s, I kind of like them out there at like that 850 to a thousand. I, I was going to say a thousand. I like okay. the thousand to, I, you know what? I, I'd probably say more like eight. I think 12 is getting starting yeah. to push it, but I, you know, and, and, and certainly the 12 to 1500 yard is not unthinkable for glassing up deer and, and kind of figuring out, you know, you got deer on the hillside over there, but. Um, optimally, God, I, you know, that 15, you can really start to see things and, and pick them apart at that, at that, uh, that, you know, eight to thousand range. Is it a mistake to buy, this is a question. Is it a mistake to buy S, uh, Swarovski SLCs over ELs in the 10 power? I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's but a mistake. But I think ELs are a little bit better. Well, okay. So this is why I think it's important for people to put the glass to their face. And actually look and and figure out what they like about it. Um, I think the SLCs. I mean, if you look at where their price range is, and you know they they're kind of in in a kind of a no man's land up there. They they're they're not in that thirteen or fourteen range. They're not in that that you know twenty four twenty five range, and they really don't have anything around them. I've I've always kind of said that the SLC 1042s are kind of about as close as you could get to ELs without being ELs. I think the edge-to-edge clarity is better on the ELs. Um, I like the field flattener and the that again I talk about that perceived 
field of view that I get when I'm, you know, cause I always put my eye cups down and, and I just, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I like that 1042 EL, but don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've, I've taken the 1042s out and put them on a tripod and put the, I, I mean, holy, I mean, that's, I, I think, you know, you start splitting hairs. Yep. Um, now if Jane, if we're both sitting on the same hillside and we're looking at deer at 800 yards, are you going to see him versus I'm not going to see him? No. But again, I think it matters what your eyes see versus what this gentleman's eyes see and, and what he's, what, I mean, I just, I think it's a. I mean, you know, and you're talking about basically a that's almost a 6 or $600 difference. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys are just going to go buy the ELs because they're $600 more. Mm-hmm. But some guys don't even some guys don't know the difference of what they're looking at. Right. Um I I like the ELs in the field flattener. Yeah. But Cody, it's been an awesome uh, hour here we've spent we've gone through a bunch of questions we still have more but uh i think this is a good another epi- day call it a day um good episode i <coughs> uh, want to encourage the people out there listening to come to the show the sheep show or the western hunting expo and come see cody i also want to make sure that they know how to get a hold of you reach out at 702-847-8747 that's extension two that gets cody directly you can also send him an email at optics at gohunt.com. He answers those directly. Uh, come see us. Come look us both up at the shows. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, we love the support that you guys give this podcast. Uh, I want to thank gohunt.com for their sponsorship of this podcast. I want to thank the gear shop. I want to thank specifically my friend sitting across from me, Cody Nelson here. Uh, If you've got any binocular optics, glassing technique, anything you want to talk to, give them a ring. I also want to uh, remind you guys that the Go Hunt Insider is the best Western hunting resource tool out there. If you go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott, you're going to get automatically a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card. So, Cody, they can start spending money with you right now. Absolutely. Or they can get, you know, mugs. They can get, they can start spending money right away. Yeah. Um, yep. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. Also, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Go to Kuyu. That's K-U-I-U.com. That's the clothing and gear backpacks that I wear on an everyday basis on my hunts. CanyonCoolers.com. based right here out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Use the JScott19 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. Uh, PhoneScope.com, the digiscoping device that I use with my iPhone X. Uh, all of the videos and photos on my Instagram account are come off that phone scope. Uh, use the JScott19 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. And then also onxmaps.com. Use them every day out in the field. If you use the JScott19 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount. If you haven't checked out Onyx Maps, go check them out. Uh, Cody, it's going to be fun to see you at the show here in a few days. I look forward to also uh, reuniting with you up there in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's always great having you on the podcast. I get lots of feedback from listeners of uh, when they call you on the phone and they're trying to make a decision how much time you spend with them and how uh, genuine and, and personable you are and try and walk them through all of the uh, important things that you see in their, in their purchase so I want to commend you on the way that you approach handling customers. 
Thank you. Um, a lot of them say that they end up feeling <clears throat> like they're family. And I think that's what you always strive for, but that's kind of goes to the person that you are. So thanks. very much appreciated. Thank you for letting us do it. Um, you know, I mean, I know there's a professional relationship, but it's like anything else, what you were just saying. I think all this lends itself and, you know, goes into personal relationships and, and trust and yeah. you know, people, I think people respond to that. Yeah. And I, in, in, in we, uh, you know, it's not me, but we try to give them the best answers that we can and real answers, you know, not just about making a sale. It's, it's not always about that. Um, so I just appreciate the opportunity. Right, I can't buddy. wait to see everybody at the shows. Come see us. Good show deals. Yep. Check us out. Call us. Awesome. We'll Thanks, help you buddy. out. We'll Thank see you. you soon. Appreciate it, sir. All right.